and welcome to the Executive Security Podcast, where we talk to CISOs and other leaders in cybersecurity about careers in this industry, specifically how to get into it and how to advance. My name is Gene Fay, the CEO of ThreatX, an API and application security company, and the host of the Executive Security Podcast. Today, we are joined by Nancy Schuler, Director, Cyber Strategy and Program Execution at Verizon. Nancy, welcome. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Nice to be here. Absolutely. It's great to have you. Nice summer morning up here in New Hampshire. Uh, we were just having some technical difficulties before we came online. I was telling Nancy, we're, we've got first world problems where we have too many people on my internet and uh, I've got two people working and two people watching YouTube. So uh, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Uh, but Nancy, let me know if it starts to get a little pixelated, but hopefully we'll have no problems this morning. Perfect. So far, so good. All right. Fantastic. Well, great. Uh, Nancy, I mean, obviously, 99.9% uh, .9 of our listeners are going to know the fantastic brand of Verizon. But you know, can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you ended up in cybersecurity? Absolutely. I spent the majority of my career at Verizon managing risk. So started out on the financial side, so managing financial risk, operational compliance. I led teams within revenue assurance, operational compliance, and then fraud. And I also had a passion to make improvements or to make things better. So throughout all of those roles, I actually partnered very closely with our IT organization to design and to implement controls. And that was the experiences that kind of helped hone my technical skills and also my pro program management skills. So right before joining Verizon's cyber organization, I led the fraud strategy team here at Verizon. And our primary focus there was on the prevention of financial loss. And in our industry, it's the theft of iPhones, which is a big focus area. So it was during that period of time leading the fraud team where I worked very closely with the cyber organization, fortifying customer authentication, responding to some of the larger incidents and quickly remediating system vulnerabilities. And after several years leading the fraud team, I felt it was like that natural progression to really like lean in on my risk experiences and technical partnerships and play a key role within the cyber org. So that's kind of how I got there. And I think it's a good opportunity to share with listeners that there's not always one pathway into the cyber team. So I kind of came in from the finance organization and having partnered with them very, very closely, was able to bridge an opportunity to cyber. When you look at cybersecurity, risk is definitely a big piece of it. I talk with a lot of CISOs and when they talk about their jobs, they don't talk about it in terms of defending against bad guys. They talk about it in terms of just risk mitigation. So I think where you started and how you ended up in cybersecurity makes total sense. Can you talk a little bit about the you know, kind of fraud side of the house and you know, what's the difference between the similarity and differences between cybersecurity and fraud? You know, I think there's sometimes people new to the industry might think they're one and the same, but they are very different terms. That's a very good question. And let me ground your audience first on the differences between my opinion of fraud and cybercrime, where fraud is an act against people or businesses, and it can occur online or offline. And the majority of that fraud is committed for financial gain. Cybercrime includes a variety of malicious criminal behaviors, and certainly financial gain is one of those key drivers. But threat actors may also commit cybercrime to cause harm, to expose sensitive information, or even just for attention. And they're generally, you know, they're, they're targeting that digital environment, computers, networks, or the internet. 
So not all fraud is committed online, and then not all online crimes involve fraud. So to talk a little bit about the fraud side, as I mentioned earlier, here at Verizon, the majority of our fraud has been the theft of the cell phone, the iPhone in particular. Threat actors that we have dealt with leverage various methods. They use identity fraud, account takeover, synthetic IDs in order to access these assets. And my team, my fraud team, was responsible for the prevention, the detection, and the response to protect our customers. And at Verizon, that fraud team is embedded within finance because of the financial risk. But we also are very, very connected with our customer sales and service team, as well as IT. And as I mentioned earlier, the majority of fraud is the theft of those phones. So many of those point of sale transactions is where our focus is. So as I compare the two organizations, fraud and then the cyber organizations, there's a lot of similar qualities in what makes a successful employee in both of those organizations. Flexibility, critical thinking, curiosity, agility, the willingness to partner with other teams and solid technical skills. Also, capabilities and data analysis. Verizon's big. We've got a lot of data. There's a lot to watch. And synthesizing that so that important things pop is a priority. The ability to prioritize risk, as you were mentioning earlier, and then having a solid understanding of those customer journeys to know where the high points might happen. You can appreciate that the two organizations are also you know, very different, where um, cybersecurities is a much larger organization. They're responsible for protecting that entire digital environment. And there's a higher level of structure and governance. The staff includes more technical team members, security engineers, and security architects that are designing that security of our applications and network for the future. And of course, our cyber orgs have that strong executive and board engagement which is you've got your CISO or your chief information security officer at the helm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's really interesting that just the idea of the fraud aspect of the phone itself, because the phone has become our identity, right? Everybody's thinking about two-factor authentication. For our listeners that don't know what that means, simply when you log on to a website, the first authorization is the password. The second authorization is that code that's sent to your cell phone. So, I mean, I think a lot of the high-profile crime with cell phones has a lot to do with crypto and we won't get into the pros and cons of crypto, but you know, the ability to simply SIM swap or the ability to go into and steal one of the Verizon point of sale systems and steal somebody's cell phone and then in minutes transfer tens of millions of dollars is pretty amazing. So that's the high profile stuff, but it's just everyday interaction, right? Facebook accounts are getting taken over so because people aren't turning on that side. So I, I can see where that fraud and the cyber team having to work together at Verizon to be able to protect you know, your customers as well as your customers' data and the company's data. So, man, it must be just a, a massive undertaking. I don't know how you sleep at night, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely right. And unlike other you know, retailers that sell you know, valuable digital assets, you're absolutely right. The phone has become a wallet, right? And it, it is your device that it is within you know, probably 10 feet of you all throughout the day. And therefore, in addition to you know, just protecting the, the financial asset, there's that peace of mind, security and protection that you need to sur surface around that product so customers use it in a secure manner to help protect their life and their personal identity. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we've kind of hit on that you've spent most of your career at or your whole career at Verizon. So maybe you could talk about kind of what are the pros and cons of uh, sticking with one organization for uh, such a large portion of your career? 
That's a great question. And it's one I get often. It's hard for me to judge what a career would be like outside Verizon because, of course, I've been here for the last 20 plus years. I've stopped counting. But it's been a fascinating journey. And the pros with sticking with one organization has you become an expert in the industry and you become very tuned in and comfortable with that culture or the, the company culture. And you can also develop a very strong people network. And that is where over time I continue to reinforce my brand and I have a strong connection and it allows me to move out about the business with confidence and a strong reputation. Verizon is very large and we offer very many pathways for uh, we call our employees V-teamers. So it allows uh, opportunities to navigate a career just like me. I rotated multiple times to different organizations and I landed where I am now in cyber But because of its size and the encouragement to move around, trying new roles, learning new skills, there's a little less risk because I'm able to do it underneath the Verizon umbrella as opposed to leaving the company. I was uh, pleasant enough to have the opportunity to be acquired by IBM and uh, to talk to the IBMers that had been there for 20, 25, 30 years. Um, The way they described it is like they say, Gene, you've worked for six different companies says, well, I've worked for six different companies, but they've all been within IBM. So I I didn't have to change my badge or learn a new culture, but I got this great opportunity to go overseas or to go to this whole different department or go from finance to sales or find a more tactical role. So I think it was a really interesting way to think about it that I'd never thought about. And this happened in the last seven, eight years of my career. And I never thought about uh, that as being just so advantageous. And uh, one of my daughters works for a large accounting firm. A good friend of mine works there and he's been there for 25 years. And I think, wow, you know, it is a great opportunity to stay with one great organization for a long period of time because you're not going to do the same job for the 25 years. You're, you're going to do many different jobs and have many different careers just with one great employer. Mm-hmm. And I will throw on there, there is a contrary, you know, sticking with one company does not give you that diversity of industry, the ability to engage with different employee cultures And the one thing I'm a firm believer in is making change and taking risks because I believe it makes you stronger. So by um, maybe not taking that risk or leaving your comfort zone, you may miss out on strengthening some of those skills that you use to adapt to a new organization. And sometimes that's where you build confidence after you've successfully made the change. So a few cons, I'll say, from sticking around so long, but because Verizon's so large, I think um, sometimes uh, we are able to make changes like you just referenced with your um, IBM example, where they're almost like little mini organizations within the larger broader. Yeah. And for our listeners that are thinking about uh, their first jobs and the interviewing for at a great organization like Verizon or finding a small organization like ThreadX, what guidance would you give them to then help them to think about their decision-making process if they've got offers from two very different types of organizations? How do you think they should go about the process of kind of developing the pros and cons of that? Yeah, I guess I, um, I feel like go someplace that you feel like you fit in and you are going to enjoy the work. I think you spend a lot of time in the office or, you know, virtually at the office and you want to make sure that you're doing something that you love. I think that when you do something you love, it's not work, it's fun. So I would say those are some of the key pieces I would recommend that they keep in the back pocket when evaluating. I think you can have a great career at a large company for a long tenure, or you can also um, bounce around. And those are still assets that grow your skill set and your tool belt of skills that help you still achieve your dreams and your career goals. 
Yeah, I think that's well said. And I, I add it to that a little bit of, uh, I think early in the career, the thing that really worked well for me was working for some large organizations that had training programs. They also had great brands. So like, you know, it's kind of getting an Ivy League smell on you. Like, oh, you worked for for me early in my career was EMC, uh, which was still is a big storage provider, just part of Dell. But people, when I'm interviewing, oh, you worked at EMC, actually, yeah, I worked there twice. And, you know, tell me about what that was like mm-hmm. versus if I worked for a couple of organizations that maybe didn't make it, didn't have any brands. So people, you know, and again, EMC, like Verizon and other large organizations has such a great training ground and also building a great network. Sure, you know, you've been at Verizon so long that you have people that have left and, you know, you're doing business deals with them or you're mentoring them. So that building your, your brand uh, within a large organization, I think, has some great advantages earlier in your career. And then you can decide, hey, is that for you? If it is, and mm-hmm. keep cranking and lots of different iterations. And if it isn't, you know, try some smaller ones. I, I would describe risk at big companies versus small companies. It's, it's very similar. The risk is very similar, but it's a different way to look at it. And that is at a, at a small company, you'll know if it's not doing well. You know, there's kind of weekly meetings and they're usually displaying the financials and uh, everybody knows when a big deal is won or a customer is lost and, and what the cash position is on, on a you know, fairly regular basis. So if you get laid off at a small company, you, you tend not to be totally, you're always surprised. You're not like, oh, what was going wrong mm-hmm. and what I didn't see it coming. And I always say bigger companies, sometimes it's more subtle because having worked at a couple of large companies, sometimes there's simply just a spreadsheet being developed and you know, 5% of the team has to go and names get added to a list and then a day is picked and suddenly people are, are let go. And, and that can be somewhat a bigger surprise, but both sides have that element of it to the downside of what can happen. It's just a different perspective of sometimes you have a better chance of seeing it coming versus a large company. But I think that, you know, equally both can be super rewarding as you go on your journey. Yeah. And I'm going to double click a little bit on your comments in regards to talent and career growth. And I agree, you know, I think the larger companies have more funds and resources, particularly for that recruitment, the retention, leadership development, training, et cetera. But there's nothing to be said about, you know, being involved in a smaller organization where you might have multiple responsibilities. So you're actually doing the experience. You're experiencing various aspects because, uh, you know, everybody's got to do multiple jobs and wear multiple hats. So I think that you have a little bit more of a formal component in a big organization, but in um, smaller, you actually get that live hands-on experience to fortify your training. Totally agree. So last question, what do you like best about your job? You probably get this answer most of the time, but it's the people. In our cyber org, and it's true to some of my uh, previous roles, our teams are aligned on a mission. The current team's working together. We protect, you know, our, our, we're a little bit at war, right, against those cyber criminals. And we need to protect our organization, our customers, and our employees. And, you know, everybody brings their diverse talent, their unique skills, their creativity. And, you know, we kind of come together, we partner, we come up with solutions. And then, like I said, we're defending against that unseen, unknown enemy. And, you know, we, we really pride ourselves together on the successes we made. And just yesterday, I was working with one of our younger employees, and we were having a discussion on career progression, and we were talking about mentorship and sponsorship. And, you know, I really enjoy that piece of being able to give back, help folks earlier in their career really navigate this large organization as Verizon and and really kind of guide them on how to be successful there. 
So it's a fun, it's a friendly, it's a hardworking group of people. And I feel like they challenge me to do the best and bring my best self for each project and each deliverable and each meeting. So it's, it's, you know, have to say it's the people. That's what makes us a team. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that it's the we call it as one of our tenants is esprit de corps. So teamwork in amongst uh, you know, a war environment, you know, it is about the people and, and the friendships and the, the hard work and the difficult problems that are solved together as a team that come out to be successful on the other end. Like that's fulfillment of a career and a, and a job. And I do say to a lot of the young people, I say, yeah, I can do everything virtual and I never have to go to an office. And hey, I agree. I mean, we're, we're nearly a virtual company ourselves, uh, but there's something to be said for having lunch with uh, somebody like you with all your expertise and building a friendship and a mentorship relationship so that you could say like, you know, hey, don't step on that third rail. Like I did that 15 years ago. <laughs> let me let me save you the pain. And, uh, you know, yeah. for the younger listeners, if you don't develop the relationship with people like Nancy and myself, that, it, that if we've made all the mistakes, we can save you hours of pain, if not years of pain by developing those relationships. So you have to figure out how to do that now in this virtual environment and be comfortable to ask some questions or ask time of ours, even in a virtual world, to develop those same relationships because they really will pay dividends. Completely agree. I completely agree. Fantastic. Well, Nancy, thank you very much. I knew you were going to be an awesome guest from our prep meeting. You definitely were. So thank you so much for your time. As a reminder to our listeners looking to up their cybersecurity skills, you can get one year free content from our cybersecurity training portal, ThreadX Academy, by using the promo code podcast. ThreadX Academy covers a wide variety of cybersecurity topics, and you can learn more by going to academy.threadx.com. Also, you can check out a recent episode of the executive podcast by listening to the podcast with Deputy CISO at HubSpot, Alyssa Robinson. This episode is called Finding Opportunities in Economic Downturn. So I think uh, you'll find value in listening to that as you have today listening to Nancy's journey. Thank you, Nancy. We really appreciate your time and thank you for coming on the podcast. Mm -hmm.